0: I want to put the scriptures into context. So the theme of the first reading from Isaiah is very hopeful. God bringing the people of, who have been persecuted and living in Babylon home. They were there for many generations. And in bringing them home, he's promising them a new way. I'm going to take care of you. And working with God, they are renewing their commitment to the covenant. God is committing himself to them. And he says, basically, things are going to be new now. Things are going to be new and and changed. Eventually, we as Christians know that will be Jesus. But right now, they're going home. They're going to um, the Holy Land, Jerusalem where wild animals used to live because it was completely leveled, they're going to be able to raise animals, raise sheep, water will flow, and they'll be healthy. Very promising. The response is perfect for that. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. So that's good. That's for us. Always. Not not 2,000 years ago. Not a millennium ago. Now, God has done great things for me. We're filled with joy. Okay, so we're positive. We're placing ourselves in the position of a relationship with Jesus Christ, God the Father as well. Paul, Paul uses a dirty word today. You didn't pick it up because it's not translated as well. He says listen guys, I have been a Jew all my life, I did all the commandments of Jews, and now, and I follow them, and I'm a, I'm a Pharisee, I went to school to be a good Jew, but now all of that is, what the translation is, is rubbish compared to what I found in Jesus. You know what he says? He doesn't say rubbish, he says crap. I mean, that's the Greek. He says, it's, it's all crap in reference to what I have found in Jesus. So think of the power of, Paul's relationship with Jesus. He's actually writing this knowing that his followers in Philippi and everyone who reads this letter is going to hear it. Wow, it's ending his dedication to the old law. But renewing, think of renewing, think of promise, think of hope, his relationship with Christ. Because don't forget, he met Christ. He wasn't an apostle. Christ intervened in his life when he was persecuting Christians and he stopped him on the road, threw him off his horse, landed on his rear end and a light blinded him and he said into the light, what is this? And and the light said, why are you persecuting me? And said, who are you that I'm persecuting you? He says, I'm Jesus. And they had that beginning of a relationship. Just think back to the person you absolutely love in your life, or loved, okay, that one special person, and think of how moving that first time you saw him or her was. How maybe your heart flooded, maybe you you got excited, who knows where this relationship would go. Well, put that and, and ratchet up several notches because this is the relationship Paul has with Jesus Christ. He's so taken up with Jesus that he's gonna give his life for Jesus And we see that in all the scriptures. Now, that was a preface. We haven't started the homily yet. And now we get to the homily, because those things are important as background. Now, everybody wants to focus on this, this scene in which the Pharisees, the scribes, the real hypocrites, bring to Jesus a woman caught in adultery. Now, for those of you who are Too young to know. The word adultery means that a woman who is married or is having an affair with a guy who is married or a guy married and she's not. So she's doing something against marriage. Okay, that's the simplest way if you're a kid or underage to understand that. And now we get into the heart of it. Jesus... This woman was caught in adultery. We got rocks here to throw at her. Let me tell you what happened a few years ago in Nigeria. Our our world, our system, our 21st century, a woman in Nigeria was caught in adultery. And because of the law, now I'm not gonna criticize um, the law. I'm not gonna criticize uh, the religion behind that law, especially in that country. I'm criticizing and I want all of us to be aware of human behavior. I don't care if you're white, black, pink, red, chartreuse, I don't care if you're Catholic, Russian, uh, Muslim, Jew, I don't care what. People are people. And how we handle people is what Jesus teaches us with respect. Okay. In Nigeria, a few years ago, a woman, and this made international headlines, but this happens a lot. Woman was caught in adultery. Now, first of all, you've got to figure, it takes two to tangle. The guy wasn't caught in adultery, she was caught in adultery. So we're talking about a very masculine society, a patriarchal society, in which guys' words work, and women's words don't mean anything. How dangerous that is. So they bring this woman forward, and she's condemned. You know what her condemnation was going to be? You know what her punishment was going to be? This is only a few years ago, 2017. But it's happening even now. The woman was condemned to be buried up to her neck. And then the men of society had the permission and responsibility to stone her until she was dead. That's not the time of Jesus. That's 21st century. I interviewed sisters the other day who are part of what we call the Religious Teachers Filipini. It's a religious group of sisters that taught me when I was a child in Holy Rosary in Jersey City. And the nun I was talking to does missionary work. And when she talked about the need for the church and her religious orders especially, to take care of the girls, specifically girls, then women, in certain countries, India, Bangladesh, Etrea. Um, it- it's such a responsibility and they're so afraid what will happen to these girls because they have no rights. They're used as sex trafficking. And those of you who don't know what that means, ask mom or dad. And they're used for the pleasure of the male-dominated society. And they're so afraid dealing with these idiots. I'm sorry, I have to be judgmental here. That they could be in danger themselves. And they are often in danger. Because the girls that they work with have no rights. As a matter of fact, and this only happened the other day, good example, this was an interview with a woman in Afghanistan. Her daughter is six years old. She sold her daughter for a few hours, literally, to a dirty old man. I mean, that's not a joke. She sold her daughter. And the interview said, how could you do that? And she said, we have no food. It was either a kidney or my daughter for a few hours. This is now. This is not Jesus' time. And sex trafficking is dominating our world's immoral behavior. Even in our country, coming up from the south, our southern borders, women, and girls. And here's a kicker, even little boys are being trafficked, stolen, sold to a group, and then shipped out to various cities throughout our country. And while that's happening, you figure, what are they going to do with little boys? They harvest them for body parts, their livers, their hearts, their organs this is happening today in our country so we look at this woman caught in adultery and we see that a male-dominated society very self-righteously going to condemn her and expect jesus to condemn her he turns it on its head it hasn't caught on yet how jesus not only forgave her but told them where to go it hasn't caught on yet in our society the UN is in our shadow. It's right there, very close to us. There's more than one commission the UN fighting for international justice, women's rights. But specifically, not only the right to vote or the right to be a, a head of a, a company, that's, of course, what it should be. They're fighting for survival of women who are poor who are caught in compromising situations and the irony is the men are never guilty the men are making the rules. the men's the first one to grab the stone and say okay let's beat her to death our world is in danger this is lent this is a period in which we have to look into ourselves and say, what have what these 40 days been for me? What am I doing? This gospel opens our eyes, I think, to the necessity for us to react in a positive way. Prayer is our guideline. So that's number one, for the victims and the perpetrators. Pray for them. But the other thing is, you have a brain... You have internet, you have pen and paper. You have legislations, we have civic leaders. We need to do something. Not tomorrow, not out there, not the US. Individually, through social media, through any way we can to fight for the rights. Beyond belief, the rights that women do not have in certain cultures, in our society, in our world. We are so obligated. The gospel is perfect, but most people would like to preach about Jesus forgiving and letting that woman go. Of course. But we're not in that position. That's a luxury for us to focus on Jesus forgiving. We know Jesus forgives. What am I doing? Every one of us has to ask ourselves. We're members of the body of Christ. What am I doing for the injustices of the world? Even educating myself and my children would be a good step in the right direction. Just put that term into your Google search. You'll be overwhelmed of how so many parts of our world Use women and boys for their own sexual, manipulative, and profitable satisfaction. It's perfect that it comes now on the brink of Holy Week, the most disgusting week in the Catholic calendar, when God's Son was spit upon, ripped apart, nailed to the cross, and we say he did that for us. Of course he did that for us. But so we would open our eyes. What he's doing today in the Holy Gospels, he's opening our eyes. Maybe when Je- no one knows exactly what Jesus wrote when he went on the ground and scribbled with his finger. Some say maybe it was the sin of each person there. Who knows? But let's take that writing as a message to each of us individually to get off our rear ends and do something for the rights of of women. Caught in adultery? Please. Please. What what an irritation to our humanity. What an insult to our intelligence. She's guilty. She was caught in adultery. Are you kidding me? Adultery is not a one-way street. Someone else was with her. In this case, we don't know whether she was manipulated or sold. But she was certainly the victim. And our society has a lot to teach us about respect. And Jesus Christ has a lot to teach us, yet we still don't know it all. We still it hasn't clicked into our universal consciousness. How he represents God, the creator, who looks at all of us as his children. And that woman in, in Nigeria, or those those kids and women in Afghanistan, they're they our brothers and sisters. They're our flesh and blood. I don't care what religion they follow. They were made by our God. And to the best of our ability, especially during the season of Lent as we approach Holy Week. We have to think about and work on ameliorating the situation, raising the dignity of everyone here. And and don't start out there. We have to start right here. We have to start in our own homes. We have to start with our own little boys and little girls. We have to start with our power of voting. We have to start with our access to internet and and to social media. This is what God calls us to. Don't come to church and read a nice story about Jesus forgiving the little girl and going his business. No, no, no. That's not the scriptures. The scriptures are living documents. This happened today. It didn't happen 2,000 years ago. It happened today. And Jesus is saying to every one of us, you, you want to you throw the stone? Go right ahead. But look inside first. Look inside and make sure you're not condemning someone of a sin that you've already committed, or any sin. Remember the story about the splinter and the, and the beam in the eye? We all have beams in our eyes, and for us to say, oh, it's their fault, they're doing it wrong, they're sinners, blah, blah, blah. Nah, start here. Start with ourselves. This is the living word of God. If this was in today's media, if it came on front page of New York Times, what would you say? Jesus lets the horror go, or Jesus confronts the evildoers who condemn that poor woman? Our church stands in the light of jesus christ's cross for justice for equality and for love how are we going to put it into action today